I know. So Nathan and James, they are in Cape Verde at the moment. The Lord miraculously kept them safe in Senegal for a couple of days after they missed their connecting flight. But um, yeah, they, they're doing well. And the Lord even, you know, God is God of details. And um, something had happened. So Nathan went over. He's going to be um, competing in a contest. And he, you know, spending all this money, getting there, trusting God, um, and then he was going to potentially miss this event because of this delay that happened. And what happened was a lady, you know those little stairs that they take that you can get off the plane? The person driving those stairs just kept on driving almost through the plane. So, so, so then, and there's only two flights a week out of Senegal to Cape Verde. So miraculously, the Lord, that actually that contest was, you know, God's the God of the weather. And he's the God of the storms. And he just made it that the, the weather systems changed. And the whole event has, was pushed out by two days. So Nate arrived on time. And um, yeah, it's amazing to see him. So for those of you that don't know Nate, he preached here what was last week. And um, I heard it was really good. Chart, well done. Chart was leading the service well. Well done. And uh, I know a lot of the guys, Daniel and Cliffy, and a lot of guys, and Jose jumped in. And Brendan, um, Shane, Brendan and Henry is sick. So, but um, they were, so thank you. Isn't it amazing that God builds his church and it's not about a person. It's not about one man. And, you know, like we heard last night, even for Andrew, he says God's building his church and the Lord is raising leaders up around us to take things forward. And, you know, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise because what is that, that very well-known scripture? The harvest is ready. The harvest is ready. But... Lord, the workers of you, raise up workers. And, um, you know, God's busy building his church here in Malkbos. So as elders, we are super excited. We, we are, felt like God's deposited something within us. And the deacons, you know, we met with Andrew, and it's, it's just like we can see what God is doing. Can you guys sense that? Can you sense that? There's something that the Lord's busy doing in us. And um, I'm excited for this year. I think by the end of this year, we're going to look back and not recognize us. I believe God's going to be adding to us. You know, the, you know in the Old Testament, oh, not Old Testament, sorry, in the, in the days of Acts, the Bible says that the Lord added to them daily. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, in Malkbos. And I'm like, come on, God, let it rain. Let it rain, Lord. Pour out your spirit, God, over this little town where you have planted us. And... Um, so, so I'm excited. I really want to see what God's going to be doing in our lives, personally, my wife and myself, but more than that, in each one of your lives. Just that tongue that came out this morning, Maritza Singh, like as she started, I just saw the house of God and I saw each ornament. The Bible speaks about these ornaments in the house of God and we are that house of God and each one of us has got a part to play. Like God's not looking for people to put bums on seats. How boring is that? You, you know? Like, why do you just come on a Sunday and a Wednesday to a community group? That's the overflow. What church is about is in the week, we get into each other's homes. We preach the gospel. We drive through our neighborhoods. We're praying for our neighbors. We're seeing God, what are you doing? The schools. God, what are you doing in the schools? How do we get young people saved to know you, God? Because that's ultimately what it's about, knowing him. So... Fasten your seatbelts. I think it's going to be uh, incredible here. So before I start preaching, 
I am going to preach uh, just very short, so just check my time here. But I just wanted to repent before you guys this morning. You know, the Bible says one day we're all going to stand in front of God, and you guys will know everything about me. Oh, there's Brendan. How's it, Brendan? Nice to see you. Sorry. <laughs> I said you were sick. Sorry. Nice to see you. Sorry. Sidetracked. Squirrel. Brendan's the squirrel. <laughs> just jokes. <laughs> We're going to stand in front of God on that day. And in a moment, all of us will know everything there is to know. From the rooftops, our lives are going to be shouted out. So, like Andrew always says, and I've learned to, to walk in his footsteps, you might as well know now already, you know, what's in our hearts and what we're doing. So, you know, when I preached about three weeks ago, I mentioned the Lighthouse Church where we all were last night. And I was part of that church. And how I got hurt in that church. You know, and I might have made a joke or two, and I might have just said a couple of things. And while we were, during this week, just, um, you know, as elders got together, in worship, the Lord just dropped this in my heart. And he said, that's my church. And in that moment, I just went, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's your people. They belong to you. Josh Jen's not it. We've got a, we've got, you know, a, a, a part to play in the wider church of God. Yes, this is my home. Is this the best church for me? 100%. But there's other churches. I think of the Baptist. I think of the, you know, the um, Assemblies of God. All those guys, they've got to find the Lord for themselves and work out their salvation as a church. And same as the lighthouse, who am I to badmouth any church? And I felt the fear of God come on me. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. And because I said it to you guys, I want to say I'm sorry. And would you please forgive me? Because I don't want to create any bad light about any church of God. Who knows what God's busy doing there? But that's up to them. We've got to be faithful here where God has called us to be. So just wanted to say sorry about that. Um, just felt the Lord tweak me a little bit. And, and with that, that we can go, yes, there's other churches. You know, Andrew spoke last night about fields and not going to go into that. But we part of Josh Jen as a field of churches, but then the wider, the 412, as the field that we re relate to apostolic input into our lives. So I, it's a lot if you need to know more about that, there's a lot of resources, and I'll tell you, but that's not what I want to talk about tonight. So, you guys good? Is that okay? Okay. We want to live open lives. We want to live, you know, the smallest things that Jesus comes and just tweaks us on. Hey, we're sorry, you know. We're all trying our best, and we're all going, Lord, how do we, there's a scripture that says, be careful to follow the Lord. And sometimes when you're careful, you wobble a bit. Okay, Lord, I'm going to come back. I'm going to be careful to follow you. Amen? Cool. So, I want to preach to us this morning, and we don't have overheads, which is amazing. That's why you bring your Bible to church, okay? Because you never know when the overhead's going to go. So, oh, that's a t-shirt slogan. You never know when the overhead's going to go, okay? Um, <laughs> trademark that quickly, babes. Um, <laughs> that, that we can put on a t-shirt and sell it at the 412 conference. Um, <laughs> bring your Bible. That's the Bible, yeah. Bring your Bible. You never know when the overheads are going to go.
But um, can we turn to, and if you've got your cell phone, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, open up your cell phone, put it on flight mode, and uh, don't get distracted by your WhatsApps and your Facebook messages, but open it to the Bible app if you, if you do. And I want to read to us out of John 10, verse 26, 27. And the preach this morning is literally this little verse. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John 10, verse 27. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? My sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And, you know, the backstory behind this is actually in, in the whole of John 10, where Jesus actually speaks about him being the good shepherd. And, you know, if we think about back in that day, um, the sheep actually had a, a lot of representation in that culture about worth, and there were shepherds. And isn't, that, isn't the Bible full of speaking, we are sheep? Eh? And do you know why the Bible speaks of that? I actually did a preach about last year, I think it was, on why are we are sheep? Sheep, well, I won't say dumb, but um, <laughs> sheep, are, sheep are interesting little animals, you know, um, very fluffy. And, um, you know, we as sheep, we've got to realize that we've got a shepherd. We've got someone looking over us. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and God actually is our shepherd. He leads us. He guides us. And I want to quickly break down this this, this scripture of this portion for us. My sheep hears my voice that I know them and they follow me. And just look at those three phrases quickly. You know, we, we do live in a world today that there's a lot of noise. Amen? Have you heard the noise around you? Media, social media, YouTube, newspapers, whatever. You know, friends, Family sometimes can be noise in our ears. And we've got to come, Lord, we want to hear your voice. That was beautiful this morning, just in the prayer meeting, where I think Marley said it, like, wait on the Lord. And there's a scripture in Psalm 37 where it says, those who patiently wait on the Lord, be still and wait on the Lord. We hear his voice. You know, so this morning, not having overheads, when we sang, you know, um, what's that song? Um, your name is like honey on my lips. So I'm right, you, you sang it in a lower key than what you normally sang it. Is it right? So did you guys pick that up? It was quite low. And while we were singing that, I was like, because I know that song can go big. And it's like almost the Lord said to me, I actually wanted to be soft this morning. Because it's not always in the whirlwind or in the fire or in the earthquake like Ezekiel, uh, Elijah sitting in the cave that we hear the Lord in those like mighty winds. Elijah heard the Lord in a still, small voice. And that same phrase actually means a thin silence. Isn't that beautiful? A thin silence. And isn't that when you start hearing God? It's when you quiet everything down. You take that breath and you just go, God, what do you want to say? And I wanted this morning, look at that. Look at that hearing God's voice. What does that mean for us? How do we hear God's voice? And then knowing that he knows us and we need to know him and follow him in everything that we do. So 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 to 4, if you want to turn there. So what I'll do is I'll give you some time to get there because I know with projector it goes up quickly. 
but I'll start reading the scripture just so that we don't get um, too much, um, we don't waste too much time. But 2 Timothy 4 verse 3 to 4 says, for the time is coming. And I actually want to say the time is now. In this scripture, I believe the time is now. We are living in these times when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, hearing God's voice, and they wander off into myths. Isn't that what what the world's like today? You know, think about YouTube. You can find anything today on the internet about any topic in the Bible. If you want to know about who Leviathan is in the Bible, you can find it on YouTube. You'll probably even see a little graphic and someone that's seen Leviathan in Scotland or something, you know? So you can find anything. It's crazy. Itching ears. What are you listening to? The Bible says in the end times, that's going to increase more and more and more. And what happens when we do that is we actually drift away from the truth and not hearing God into myths and all sorts of things that's actually not the truth and not the way of God. So in light of that, I want us to look at this morning just what does it mean and how do we hear God's voice? And us as sheep, you know, again, Andre made the joke, sheep. I'll tell you a quick funny story about sheep. So there was these, these in, it actually, it literally happened in Turkey. There was this um, herd of sheep, is that right? Yeah, flock, flock of sheep. Oh yeah, we're the flock of sheep. Okay, the herd, what is a herd? Yeah, herd, herd of cattle. No, we're not cows. Thank you, Jesus, we're not cows. Um, herd of sheep, flock of sheep, sorry. Oh. Okay, flock of sheep. And there was 1,500 of them. The, guy, the, the sheep in the front started running off a cliff. And as they ran off the cliff, 400 of them fell down the cliff and died. 1,500 survived the fall. The only reason why they survived the fall is the 400 made it so cushy and soft down at the cliff that they could bounce off and survive the fall. Okay. It's a total true story. The shepherds were busy having breakfast and not looking after the sheep. How crazy is that? It cost that farmer 74,000 US dollars. Bless you. (laughs) Amen, brother. Isn't that crazy? Because what do sheep do? Sheep follow. Sheep wander. Sheep start drifting. Sheep go, and that's why Jesus said, he's the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. In the the times of of Israel, what happened is they had a pen, and there were a couple of farmer sheep in that pen. The shepherd would come in, and he would start speaking. And those that know that shepherd's voice would follow him and go out. The rest, the Bible actually speaks about it in John 10, if you go read before that. The strangers, the sheep, the, the sheep didn't hear or understand or know that shepherd's voice, the stranger's voice. They followed the one that they knew. And that's one characteristic of sheep. They actually know who the shepherds are. So you can see the picture. It's, we're going to pull this all together. So how do we as sheep hear God's voice? And the first one is by the word of God. God's word. 
If you read God's word, you can hear his voice. In Romans 10 verse 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's how we hear God's voice. And I want to encourage you, read your Bibles. Even when it's, when it's like, Lord, I'm in numbers at the moment, God. What do you want to say? God speaks to you in numbers, trust me. What's the other one? Um, Leviticus. You know, if you read Leviticus, if you find the Lord speaks to you there, then you know you can hear God's, you know, you can hear the Lord. But God's word, devour it. You know what I found in my life? By reading the word consistently, it is like that picture of, of, a, of a fire that's burning. And as I read God's word, that fire becomes bigger and bigger in my heart and in my life because it's like I'm putting on fresh wood. I'm putting on fresh things, you know, wood that that fire can burn. And you start realizing the more of God because all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, Lord, you said that in your word and now someone else is saying this. And you start connecting all the dots. So keep on reading your word. Hearing comes by the word of God. So do not neglect those mornings. You know, don't neglect your quiet times. Hear the Lord in the morning. Amen? The second one is the Holy Spirit inside of you. In John 14 verse 26, it says, Jesus actually speaks here and he's talking about, I'm in the Father and the Father is in me and you are in me and I am in you. And then he says, but I'm, I'm going. But it's good that I go because when I go, the helper which he says, but the helper, which if you look at that word helper, it's, it's actually a word that consists about of a lot of things. The Greek word, you guys might have heard this, is parakletos. And that word is helper, comforter, um, intercessor, counselor. And if you just listen to those words, those are people that communicate with you and you communicate with them. You know, if you think about a counselor or a comforter, someone praying or a helper, and it says, the Holy Spirit from the Father will, see, will be sent in my name, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. You know, today, that's how we hear the Lord, through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and even Jesus says, I say and do nothing unless I hear it from my Father. And that's how we hear God for ourselves. And there's different voices. I, I want to actually just felt in, in, this, in this moment that, you know, we sometimes can get so caught up and go like, what is God saying? We've got to quiet our hearts and go, Lord, Holy Spirit, can you talk to me? And it's in those still small voices that we can hear the Holy Spirit whisper into our hearts about situations, about things that we stressed about, where we let that go and we say, Lord, Show us your way. Show us what we need to do. I've recently, just a quick story, just, um, you know, coming out of sort of like transitioning from business things and into the church and more into the church, and I still got to do business. And I was like, Lord, how do I do this? Especially after these two weeks, it's been manic. My poor wife and I, we feel like we've been, been running, and, uh, you know, it's like been crazy. And I remember a couple of mornings back, I just woke up and I said, Lord, you've got to speak to me. Is this you? Because it felt like, you know, things are like running at such a pace. I'm going like, I cannot keep up with this pace. And as I quieted my heart, I just felt the Lord dropped it in my spirit. He said, I'm with you. And just that, you know, you know, you know when you know God speaks to you. Have you had that before? 
Have you had it? Like you know that you know. God says, just a, and God often does that. He just says a phrase and you go, and it's almost like everything comes in line. And it's that. And I said, ah, okay, God, I see it. And all of a sudden I could see what, the God, what God was busy doing with work, with church, with leading, with everything. And it's like it gave me faith again. It gave me faith. And I went like, Lord, I see it. You know, in that, in that same scripture it said, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And it, that's what we build our lives on, by faith. Jesus is going to come back and he says, will I find faith in this earth? It's impossible to please him without faith. Everything we do has to be in faith and in him. And where does that start? By hearing him. So if you're in a situation, just pause for a second. If you're going through something right now, you are trusting God, whether it's in your marriage, in your finances, with your kids, with your work, with your business. Let's take a moment. Let's do it. Can we close our eyes? Sorry, it's like I just felt the Lord's. Father, we want to be a people that's pleasing in your sight, God. We want to be a people that, by faith, work out the life that you have given us, God. So, Lord, even now, I just pray as hearts are settling and, and there's this still quiet voice, God, would you just drop phrases, words, increase a measure of faith in our hearts, God? Let us see the unseeable, God. Show us, Lord, your word says that your, your word is a light unto our path and that you make our paths straight, God. Come and do it in our lives, Lord. Come and do it, Lord. Father, we give you, even now, we just give you those worries, the anxieties, the what-ifs, the oh-my-goodnesses, all those, God, we just give it to you, Lord. And I pray that the peace that surpasses our understanding will fill our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So another way God speaks to us is through leaders. That's like a, okay, who's heard the word of God through leaders? And not, I'm not talking about preaching. I'm talking about day-to-day -day living. Hey, okay? heard the word of God through leaders. And I want to show us in the Bible that this is what leaders are there. You know that elders are called shepherds. It's not by chance. God said, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. But then what does God do? He appoints leaders and elders and deacons over our lives. So that, so for what reason? To care for us, to look after us, to help us direct, help us not run off a cliff. Who of you were on your way to run off a cliff and an elder sort of caught you just by the heel? Amen. You know? You know? Have you guys ever seen... Okay, no, I'm not going to go there. There's a, there's a funny clip which I wish I could show, but I'm not going to show it. But in Hebrews 13 verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls. They're keeping watch over your souls. 
as those who will have to give an account one day. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would not be of an advantage to you. You know, as elders, we come together often and we, we pray. What does the Bible say? What do elders do? Elders pray and they with the word of God. But at the same time, God has called us to look after those that he's entrusted to us. And for us here in Malkbos, it's you guys. You know that we've taken, we took a weekend away to find God's heart for every single person. I've said it earlier, every single person counts. Every single person. That, that tongue that came, as each one, every person does his part, everybody has got value and has got a purpose and a plan. And as elders, God has put us and said, like, what are you going to do? You know what we, our job is one day when we stand in front of him? We're going to present you guys in front of Jesus and say, God, these are those that you've entrusted with to us. And this is what we did with Hannes and Penny. This is what we did with Luke and Chart. This is what we did. We followed you, God, as you were leading us. So obey them. Hear them. Hear your leaders. In Acts 20, verse 28, it says, pay careful attention. So, so Acts 20, let me first give you this, the background of this. This is when Paul was meeting with the Ephesian elders. This was probably, it was the last time he met with them. He was literally on his way to go to Jerusalem and he was beheaded, eh? Paul. What was, well, Paul was beheaded. So it was the last time he's with the Ephesian elders as an apostle over them. And this was sort of his words that he said to these guys. And he's, he's speaking to the elders. And he says, elders, pay careful attention to yourselves. And I can honestly say, us as elders, together, we pay, tef, ke, we pay careful attention to ourselves. We ask each other, what do you see in my life? How's my marriage? How's my kids? How's, how's my finances? Our lives are open. Because why? We understand that we are those that you need to follow. And if we've got little secret things on the side, things that are hidden, what are you going to catch? So our lives are open. We pay careful attention to ourselves. We speak into one another's lives. And we go, Lord, help us to walk the way that you want us to walk. And then he goes on, Paul goes on and he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. God bought you. God paid for your life. By his blood. And as we come, we go, Lord, how do we help? How do we look after? How do we assist? How do we work with your faith to go, what's the next step? What is God wanting for your life? So listen to your elders. Listen to those leaders over you. Because they will give an account one day. And make their job a joy. So how do you hear God's voice? Through your leaders. Through your leaders. And then the fourth one, before I get there, quickly a story. So I met with someone um, in, somewhere in December. We were talking about business and work and all these kind of things. 
And the person just threw out a comment and said like, yes, I'm just, I'm stuck in the Old Testament. I'm just reading the Old Testament and I'm, you know, going through the Old Testament. And I, as he said it, I honestly didn't think about, but I just had this like, hmm, I think you should get out of the Old Testament. That's what I said to him. I think you should read the New Testament. Just as a, not a fly-by comment, but it was something I felt as he was sharing that. And um, this was in the beginning of December. So the whole of December goes by, the whole of January goes by. We had a, we had a sort of like a, like a fellowship thing where we ate pizzas and whatnot. And this person came up to me, he says, Bori, just want to say, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, sorry for what? And he goes, I didn't listen to you. And I'm thinking, where didn't you listen to me? Like, I couldn't get it. I was like, where didn't you listen to me? He's like, you told me I must get out of the Old Testament. I'm like, what? Did I say that? When did I say that? He says, no, man. Remember when we met and I told you? And since then, I didn't. I've just kept on reading the Old Testament. And I've been going down this pit in the Old Testament where I'm like now thinking, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus is like God, God of war, God that kills everybody. Jesus is going to kill us. I'm like, whoa, bro. It wasn't that dramatic. But he basically went like, and then I started, and then I met with another elder, and he said, and, and I couldn't get out of this thing. And he said, okay, well, let's talk about it. And they're talking. And then I just dropped this, and yo, Bari said I must get out of the Old Testament. And this elder said, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're going through things at the moment, and you're telling me you haven't listened to what your leader was saying. He says, oh yeah, okay, I'm getting out of the Old Testament. Started reading the New Testament, and life just came. Absolute life. And he's just going like, I can see it. God is there. You see how God works? Sometimes your elders or leaders might just drop a line, and you go, okay, how do I obey? How do I listen? Listen to your leaders. We are those that give an account one day. Thirdly, lastly, on how do we listen? You know how you hear God's voice? He's here through us, through the family of God. That's how we hear God's voice. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, we are a priesthood of believers. It says, but you, you are not like those guys, and it's, I'm not worried about it. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Did you hear that? That's you. Listen to this again. This is who you are. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, because of that, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know that you show one another the goodness of God. You show one another. You speak. Those coffees, those brides, those times you get together. Do you see how God knits us together in that? When we fellowship, devote yourself to fellowship. It's not so that we can have a good time. It is. We are going to have a good time. But it's more than that. It's in those moments when someone pops out in a braai and like, hey, I'm struggling, it's like, hey, let's pray for you. Or we, after a braai, we worship and the Holy Spirit falls out. What happening? You are showing the goodness of God to one another. You are speaking to one another. You are encouraging one another. What does the Bible say? Encourage each other daily. Daily, we encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. 
How do we become sharper in the Lord? It's by these relationships. When we start buffeting one another and it starts getting uncomfortable and you want to, with everything inside of you, get out and God says, no, stay. And you're going, but God, this oak sucks. And you're like, cool, you suck as well. So just let him sharpen you so that you can become sharper. Forgive him. Isn't that how God works? It's not by chance that you're here. The person next to you and around you is the perfect person to make you look more like Jesus. Isn't that crazy? If it wasn't for my wife, oh my goodness. Hey, husbands, hasn't your wife sharpened you? Hey, so much. Wives, hasn't your husband sharpened you? Iron sharpened, it's us. We show each other the goodness of God. And that's how we hear the Lord is through each other. Through each other. The word of God, the Holy Spirit, your leaders, and the family of God. That's how we hear God's voice. Have you still got doubt that you can hear God? Who, when I started saying, my sheep hear my voice, went in their heads, God, I struggle to hear you. Because the devil wants to bring a perception of how you need to hear God. Only leaders can hear God. Only the man of God can hear God. Only those who know. Each one of us can hear God. And if you go into the next thing, that's what it says. And I know them. Why do we hear God's voice? This is it. This is it. This is Christianity. This is what it's all about. Knowing him and him knowing us. Saving us from ourselves. Having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know that there's no other religion in the world where you have a personal relationship with that God. Think about it. No other religion. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. Who's alive? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. The point for us is knowing him and him knowing us. That's what it's about. That's why we hear his voice. That's why we together. Because, you know, Jesus actually said, um, where's that scripture? Matthew 7 verse 21. Listen to this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, this is a scary scripture. I often think about this scripture. And I go, Lord, what is this going to look like on, the, on judgment day? What is this going to look like? So think about this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, so how do we enter the kingdom of heaven? The, doing the will of the Father, and we're getting to that now. But on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? So who's prophesied here before? Who's had a word for someone? Who's had a picture for someone? Who's, who's received the prophecy? Okay. Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. How crazy is that? I never knew you. The point for us is your personal relationship 
with Jesus Christ. It's not what you do for him. It means nothing. It means nothing. Do you know him? Because when you know him, you will obey him and you will do the will what the father does. And through that, he will say, come in, my good and faithful steward. Do you know him? Personal relationship with him. Amen? Personal relationship with Jesus Christ. John 1 verse 2 to 3, it says, and by this we know that we have come to know him. Isn't that good? Who wants to know that you know him? Okay, I'm like, Lord, okay, so give me the, give me like, how do I know you? How do I know that I know you? You know, how do I know that I know that I know that I know you? I want to know that I know you. Okay, how do we know that? It says this, by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him or to walk in the same way as he walked. Are you walking like Jesus? Are you following him? What's that verse just after, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Are you following him? Do you see how these things have got a progressiveness to it, in a sense? It's like we hear his voice, we know him, and then we go, God, what do you want me to do? How do I obey your commandments? How do I walk like you walked? How do I follow you in everything that you do? How do I be careful not to go to the left or the right? Not just in my own understanding, do whatever I want to do with my life, because my life's not my own. My life belongs to him. He bought me with a price. He paid with his blood for me. Everything is his. God, my life is yours, Lord. How can I not follow you? In the Old Testament, there was this saying, I want to see the dust of the rabbi on your clothes. And what that meant was, rabbis in the Old Testament were, follow, were, followed by, were being followed by followers. They had followers walking behind them, doing what they did saying what they say, hearing what they're saying. And isn't that what Jesus did with the 12? What did he say? Come, follow me. Come, follow me. That invitation is for each one of us. Follow him. Follow him. Our lives are not our own. We can't just hear God's word and not do what he says to us to do. This is how we know that we know him. We obey him in everything that he does and everything that he's called us to be. Follow him. Do you know what the cost of a disciple is? What is a disciple? One that follows. Am I right? And what did Jesus say? Go into all the world, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have taught you. You know there's a cost to being a disciple. Who wants to know, who knows what the cost is to be a disciple? Let me shout. Who doesn't know? Okay. I'll quickly tell you what the cost of being a disciple is. Okay. Buckle up. Here we go. I'm, I'm coming in for a landing. Okay. The cost of discipleship. Now, great crowds accompanied 
him. And he turned and said to them, this is in Luke 14, verse 25 to 33, for those who are taking notes. If anyone comes to me and wants to follow me, and he doesn't hate, hate his own father and mother, and his own wife, and his own children, and his brothers and his sisters, yes, even hate his own life, cannot be my disciple. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower or a house, doesn't first sit down and he counts the cost, whether he has enough money to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and it is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began, began something, started building this house, but look, he's not able to finish it. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down and first and deliberate and plan and see, is he able to, with his 10,000 men, meet against these 20,000 and win it? And if not, while the others is yet at a great way away, he'll send a delegation and ask for terms of peace. So therefore... Anyone who does not renounce, give up everything that he has, cannot be my disciple. Oh, my hat. Give up everything. What did Jesus say to the rich young ruler? Go and sell everything you have. He heard the voice of God. He heard the voice of God. He even said, you heard God say, come follow me. But what did he have to do? And in our own lives, what are those things that you have to give up? Now, Jesus isn't saying hate your mother and your father and your children and your wife because we've got to love them. But in comparison to how we love him, how we give ourselves to him, it looks like we love him so much that it looks like we're hating those that we, that we love so much. Does it make sense? But that's it's in comparison to his love for us. It looks like so that we, we, we hate those. So in John 6, verse 66, after one of these moments where, the, the, where Jesus was talking to his disciples, and you can imagine... This is a hard word. And it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Do you know guys that have turned back and no longer walked with the Lord? Do you think they came to a point where God asked in their eyes, just too much? Just too much. Have you been there where you go, God, you're asking a lot of me right now. Who's been there? I've been there. I failed that test. I'll be honest. I failed that test once. Just said, look, God, I can't. By the grace of God, he brought me around that mountain again, and I said, yes, Lord, very quickly. Because you'll only find perfect peace in who you need to be in the perfect will of God. Many left him. This is too much, God. How can't we? Jesus turned to his disciples, and he said, you guys? What about you? Do you want to leave? Simon Peter turned around and said, God, where can we go? 
Where can we go? In you is the words of life. In you. When we're with you, God, we know. When we hear your voice, we know that we are there. We know what we need to do. We, we sense you. We know who you are, God. So in you. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. For us as a congregation, let this be our cry for this year. God, speak to us. We want to follow you. When the cloud moves, we want to move. When you say something, we want to do it. Is the worship, whatever it is, God, what do you want us to do? How do we extend your kingdom? How do we go out and make disciples? Let guys follow us as we follow you, Lord Jesus. How do we be examples to those around us? How do we encourage one another daily, speak to one another, and build God's kingdom here in Melbourne? This is how we can do it. If we give up everything and say, Lord, our lives are yours, and we want to be with you. Amen? I'd love to pray for us. I'd love to pray for us. Can we close our eyes? Maybe you're sitting here, and just as I said that, you, you're realizing in your own life, you're going, Lord, I, I don't know if I've ever heard your voice. I think, I, I think I'm a Christian. I might have been even brought up in a Christian home with some Christian values. But God, I, as he spoke and he said, personal relationship, I don't feel I have that, God. I don't know if I've got that personal relationship with you. I don't know if I hear your voice daily and I follow you and I, my life is yours and, and I do whatever you want me to do, God. I sort of still lean on my own understanding. I still sort of make my own plans and live my life the way I want to live it. I feel this morning God is knocking on the doors of our hearts and saying, I'm looking for a people that is fully devoted to me, sold out, their lives are mine. And I want to give us a, a moment to respond this morning. And I want to, firstly, the, if you've never done this, if you've never said, Jesus, my life is yours. I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you in everything you do. Or maybe you've done that at some point in your life, but you look back at your life and you're realizing, I made maybe a commitment one day in a church, but I've never really followed you, God. This morning, I feel God is saying, come back, come back, follow me. I know you by name. I've got a purpose and a plan for your life. It's not by chance that you are here. And if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. And not to embarrass you, but to say, we want to pray with you as a family. You know, how do we hear God's voice? As a family, together. People coming around you, encouraging you, walking this out with you. So if that's you, would you be as bold just to raise your hand? Just to go, that's me this morning. I want to follow Jesus. Thank you for that hand, sir. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I want to, I want to start this journey to follow you and to say, God, come have your way in my life. In Luke, it says that the heavens rejoice if one person turns from their life and turns towards God. 
angels actually start rejoicing. They stop what they're doing. And sir, I... Have you ever given your heart to the Lord before? Are you coming back to the Lord? Can I ask, can I pray for you? I'd love to pray for you up front here. I don't know, there's something that, that I feel God wants to do over your life. It's not by chance that you're here this morning. And I feel like the hand of God is on your, on your life this morning. It's almost like I can see how God's just going, come, follow me. Is that okay? Could I ask you to come out and pray for you? I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I honestly just feel the Bible also says, there's a scripture that says, if we, if we stand in front of men one day, God's going to stand in front of us. Amen. Can we just give this guy? What's your name? Gavin. Can I pray for you, Gavin? Father, I thank you for Gavin, God. I thank you this morning, God, just that you have ordained this time with Gavin, God. And I pray today, God, as he redirects his life, as he repents and turns from his ways, God, and just comes to you, Lord, that you would take Gavin, Lord, in the palm of your hand and show him, God, why you have made him, God, why he is here, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Will you guys pray? Yeah.